Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. Today we're wrapping up our Living Enough in a World That Isn't series. And I want you to even think about that title. To be able to live our lives um, in the spirit of enough, in, in every realm of our life. Enough healing, enough love, enough grace, enough joy, enough hope. I mean, just, you know, enough, but not just enough, an overflow, an abundance. And we can live enough in a world that that can never be enough. And so next week, we're going to pivot and, and begin to prepare for Easter and to talk about the, the incredible um, possibilities that are there because of what Jesus did for us and because of his sacrifice and his resurrection. And, and I believe those things are the foundation of all reality. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he lived, that he died. And that he rose again on the third day for a purpose, that our lives would be changed and could be different in the real world, in a broken world, in a hurting world. And so this morning, I just want to ask you a really simple question. Where is your heart right now? I don't want you to put your heart in any of the boxes that I'm about to talk about. I I just really would, would ask you, where is your heart? Is it in a fearful place? A lonely place, a scared place, an uncertain place, a hopeful place, a joyful place, a growing place. Where is it? We are in unprecedented times. Right now, the United States has surpassed every other country in the world for the number of COVID-19 cases. And this includes China, which includes uh, a quarter of the world's population. We've had uh, 121,000 cases and and over 2,046 deaths as of uh, last night. And there's all kinds of, of reactions to to this virus. Some say that it's overblown, uh, but I I would just say this. To any of those 2,000 families who've lost family members, I I don't think it's overblown. To any of the 50,000 or so that are seriously sick or in the hospital, to them or their families, I don't think it's, it's overblown. And certainly to the impact that it's having on our lives and our economy and our work. I miss you guys. I don't think we can say that it's overblown. And, and each of these impacts is impacting what? Our hearts, our, our worldview. Gerald Gray says, in our culture, the three gods that we trust for security are possessions, power, and personal relationships. Now, it doesn't mean that these things in and of themselves are bad. That's not at all the case. The reality is that that what becomes bad is anything that is trusted more than God. We call those things idols. And whatever we turn to for security, other than the grace of Jesus Christ, becomes an idol to us and will fail us in this broken world. In John 16, Jesus, Jesus, 
I want to just say the name and remind you in these uncertain times that you and I need to hear his name. From the depths of our wounding in the past, our fears of, about uh, whether we are enough or whether we'll have enough, to all of the biggest concerns about our lives and our kids and our destinies and our jobs, I want you to hear the name Jesus. Jesus. Well, Pastor Drew, I know Jesus. No, you don't. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He said this. He said, I have told you all of these things so that in me you may have peace. We think peace so weak, but peace is the strength of the overflow of God's generosity. Peace is the grace of God come to life. Peace is the power of God that stands in the face of the storm and says, be still. It is the power of God that, that takes a, the, 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 the mourning of, of a grave and, and says, rise. The shalom of God is the wholeness of his being brought to earth. And Jesus said, in me, this is what you can have. And he contrasted another location. So, so this verse really is about kind of geolocating your heart. In me, you'll have peace. This is why I've come to you, so that you can live in, in, in this world in peace. But in this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. I, Jesus who has all authority in heaven and on earth, I have overcome everything in this world for all time, for all people, for every circumstance and every situation. I, Jesus, your Lord, am enough. And so where is your heart right now? Is it in the world? Because if it's in the world, it's in trouble. <laughs> or is it in Jesus? Because if it's in him, Regardless of whether your heart is troubled by COVID-19 related issues or by your marriage or by your kids or by your, your parents, it's in trouble. A heart given to the world will always be a heart in trouble. And I want you to remember that. Tweet it if you got it. A heart given to the world will always be trouble. But a heart given to Jesus Christ is a heart given to the overflow of eternity for all time in all things. And the reality is that, that I never thought I would live uh, to a time to where, um, where we would be preaching to an empty auditorium, where, where the church would not be allowed to gather, where people would be um, quarantined to their homes. I never thought I would live in such a time. But here I am and here we are. And so... So what time is this? What, what kind of a, of a season is this? I believe that in Christ, this is a growing season. I believe in Christ, this is a, a time for God to reinvent his church and, and remind us that this building is not a church. Please do not ever call the building that we gather in the church. It's just wrong. It's like calling up, down, or right, left. It just messes things up. You who believe in Jesus, the Son of God, are the church. 
Seven days a week. You are here in the world to be light in the dark, salt uh, in the tastelessness of what this world offers. You and I are the, the love of God on earth. We are the, the hands and feet of Jesus for the poor. We are hope in a, in a hopeless world. We are the church, and we can grow, and we can be reminded of the insecurity of this world, and we can be reminded of the glory of our mission, and we can recommit our lives. To be the church of the living God in the 21st century. And I believe that on the other side of this, when we're together again, that we will be better, that we will be stronger, that we will be reminded of our mission and where our security is. And I believe that we don't have to live with any of the, the, the creations or provisions of God in this world as our idols. And when they are shaken, our world crumbles. I believe we can build our world in Jesus. And for those of you who are really concerned about the economy and, and about your jobs, I am not in one bit making light of, of, of any of that. I grieve the grief with you. But I want to remind you of something, and this is why Jesus talked about it so much, he who overcame the world, that, that money, it's just the mirror of the heart, according to Chip Ingram. And so money is never about money. It's always a, a reflection of values and vision and, and power and, and you know, desire. Money is never about money. It is the mirror of our heart. So, so in this time, we need to ask, where is our heart right now? Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. This is not a safe place. It is not a secure place. It is the living definition of insecurity, Jesus said. It is where moths and vermin destroy. There is a good word, vermin. I mean, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of one of those words that, you know, just, you know, you recoil from. I wish Brenda Bailey were here and, and I could show you a video of her seeing a mouse. I mean, that's the nature of this world and, and its security. And he said it's a place where thieves break in and steal, where other broken human beings with wrong desires and wrong passions, are always per, uh, pursuing uh, this false source of security as an idol, and, and scarcity reigns, and overflow is, is an illusion, and there is never enough in this world. That's the nature of this world. And so, again, if you and I reject the gospel of Jesus Christ... The one who came from heaven into this world to save us and to lead us to a new world, a new creation. If we reject his message, then our hearts and lives are rooted in the fundamental insecurity of a world that is based on money, values, uh, and economy of exchange more than, than the heart of, of morality or anything else. That in this world, it is fundamentally and will always be fundamentally insecure. So don't store for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, for where your treasure is, there will your heart also be. Money, it's the mirror of the heart. And so 
the reason we talk about a culture of generosity in this broken world, and, and not just towards the church, but towards, towards the, the world around us, and, and the poverty in the world around us, and why the church lives generosity, even in giving away so much of its resources to the world, it's because money is a mirror of the heart. And a heart that's rooted in the world is a heart that is going to live always in scarcity. There will never be enough. And, and how much would satisfy your heart? Just a little bit more. But a heart given to the Savior of the world, Jesus, is a heart that has its security in a new world, in, in the kingdom of heaven. And it's a heart that can overflow. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6 uh, the, the scripture says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And, and it's a reflection of kind of a kinetic uh, theology. Where is my, my heart moving? Where is my life given? And, and if my life is given to this world, then, then I'm going to always live my life with an eye on myself and what I have. And I'm going to view you as a threat to what I have. And, 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 and I'm not going to ever be able to experience the, the generosity of the grace that brought Jesus to the world in the first place. The overflowing grace of heaven that, that came into this world of scarcity and brokenness and, and, and said, here, have everything that I I treasure and value. You see, a, a given heart is a giving heart. And when I truly have given my life to Jesus, I, I live with a different view of my resources, uh, my life. In fact, both of them aren't mine anymore. Mine is as offensive a word in the kingdom of God as the F word is. It's not... Your life was bought and paid for on the cross. It's not yours anymore if you were a follower of Jesus. Each of you, the scripture says, should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. In the Old Testament, law reigned and rules uh, were, were the way. And the rule was 10%. God replaced the old covenant of rules with a new covenant of heart. And in the new covenant, everything is and more so. And every example you see in the word of God in the New Testament, uh, it, is, it is above and beyond the 10% for people who are convinced of the generosity of God. In fact, the, the scripture goes on to say that in, in Acts chapter 4 that, that everybody had everything in common and they, they gave everything they had and, and they gave for the common good and they gave for the poor and they gave so that people would see the value they placed on the king and his kingdom. And all of this is, is not, a, it's not a human dodge for, you know, for corrupt people to get your money. It's it's the kingdom of, of heaven come. It's, it's the reality of the overflow of God's generosity of grace for people who've given their hearts to Jesus and, and who no longer have a heart that is in the world, but their heart is now in Christ. And, and in Christ, we, we have a new relationship with God and his resources that, that helps us to live the reality of 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And we actually believe this in a way that astonishes people. 
And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having everything you need. I just want to pause right there for a second. Most of my life has been lived in scarcity. When I grew up, there was a scarcity of of love. There was a scarcity of joy. Our house was never a place of joy. When my, my dad, my dad was six foot five, and, and very intimidating. When my dad walked into a room, almost it was like he sucked the life out of the room. Literally, people would be tense in the room. And that worked well, I guess, in some sort of a military bearing, you know, where, um, you know, you, you've got an ordering relationship, but it, it really wasn't a lot of fun at home. And, and my whole life was formed in, in a not enough world where I was looking for something else. And as a broken-hearted 15 and 16-year-old, I ran into these believers who were living Jesus outside the walls and who cared about me. Some were my peers. Some were, were older who just noticed a nobody kid and, and said, you're not nobody. <laughs> you are someone for whom Jesus died. And because they lived Jesus outside the walls of a building, my life was forever changed and is being changed. I haven't arrived. I'm very much in process. But my inadequacy and my not enough and my pain and my insecurity met the overwhelming, overflowing love of Jesus. And I've been on a journey into enough since then and for all of eternity will continue to be. Because of Jesus and his message and his grace and his love. Look, if all this is just religion to you, I suggest that you quit. I really do. Jesus said this in Revelation. He said, I wish that you were hot or cold. But as it is, you're lukewarm. And, and, and I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. If this, is just, if this is just play to you, if this is just pretend to you, then drop it. Stop it. Just walk away from it. And maybe someday when you're cold enough and hungry enough and dead enough inside, you'll turn around and and look and see Jesus um, not as someone who's forbidding you and keeping you from life, but as as life and grace and love and warmth. And, And in his arms, you'll see everything you've been looking for in this dead and dying world. Because God really is able In a COVID-19 world, in a world where more people are going to get sick and more people are going to hurt and more people are going to lose their jobs and, and where it may get a little worse before it gets better, but it will get better. And in this time apart, but we will be together again, that we can truly believe that God is able. Our hearts are in peace to make all of his grace abound to us. So that in all things, at all times, having everything we need, we can abound in every good work. And I just want to remind you that you have a work to do during this time. A work of grace and a work of love, a work of, of, uh, of, of Christ and a work of kingdom, a work of power, a work of new. And it begins at home. I pray that 
that, that the love of Christ would, would overflow and, and, and infect our homes in new ways. I pray that husbands and wives would rediscover each other and, and soften their hearts and forgive and that, that grace would reign, uh, reign at home. I, I pray that, that you would rediscover the value of your kids. And dads, you who've been focused on work would, would now realize that your kids are your work. They are your life's work. Nobody in 100 years is really going to remember what you did in the office. But for generations, what kind of father you were? How much you nurtured and loved your kids as your heavenly father wanted you to? That's going to echo through the generations into eternity. So I just want to remind you that we can't keep our hearts in this world. We will lose them. Don't store up for yourself treasure in this world where moth and rust uh, destroy and, and, and thieves break in. But store up for your, yourself treasure in heaven. This, this world is a world where you will lose your heart. Real quickly, some have asked me if I think that, that, that this is the judgment of God on the world. And, and if you disagree with me, that's fine. I don't want any emails. Probably don't even want any conversations. Because I'm pretty good where I am, and, and I'm okay if you stay where you are. <laughs> but I don't believe that this is the judgment of God. I think to think that this is the judgment of God really mocks the death of Jesus on the cross. It really mocks the, the extent of God's judgment um, and the necessity of God rejecting darkness and, and hell on earth. I think to think that this is his judgment means that we don't understand one millionth of the weight of his judgment in the world. I do think, however, that this is a reminder of his judgment, his assessment. Because God's assessment is that without him, this world is a sinking ship. And that we have been happy on the Titanic, rearranging the deck chairs, all the while, unbeknownst to us, the ship is taking on water beneath our feet. And God has told us that. You can't keep your heart in the world. You will lose it. And so this is kind of a breakthrough reminder that this world that we trust isn't trustworthy. That, that the, the death that it's bringing is just a shadow of the death that has come to all. And that's why the real judgment of God, if you want to know what the judgment of God is, you look to Jesus on the cross because that's where the judgment of God fell. And that's what the judgment of God is. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. All of the anger and the wrath of God hammered the nails into the flesh of his own son. And God watched and wept as, as his blood poured into the earth of, of, of an indifferent world, the soil of a world that could have cared less, in fact, mocked his grace. You can't keep your heart in this world. If you keep it, you'll lose it. And in fact, the truth is that all of us who turn our backs on Jesus, and I mean really following Jesus with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength and all of our energy and our resources so that God can use us to bless others, we're right there with those others at the cross mocking Jesus as he bled out. 
1 Peter 2.24 says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds we are healed. So here's what I want you to do today. To trade in a world you can never keep for a grace that you can never lose. Mark 8.34 says, Then he called the crowd along with his disciples and said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. you got to totally uh, have a, a, a rebirth and a reinvention of what your life in the world is going to look like. Your whole relationship with the world, your whole view of the world, your whole security uh, and strategies for life in this world, everything got to go. Everything's got to change. And it's got to move from that to me. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. I died to this world, to its foundational principles, to its values, to its vision, to its declaration of who matters and who doesn't. I died to all of that so that I could live to God. And you must do the same. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. And then listen to this. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? I do praise God not for this virus, but I do praise God for the opportunity in our revealed weakness, our reminded weakness, for us to turn to him again and to learn the depth of our required trust And to learn that in him, we can have peace. So where is your heart right now? Are you in peace? Are you experiencing joy? Are you increasing? Um, Are you you about the the grace work that God uh, sent his son to be about in your own family uh, and, and in the world around you? Or are you in fear, in trouble, in anxiety? Here's what I'm asking you to do. Trade a world you can never keep for a grace that you can never lose. In John 3.16, the scripture says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Why? Because this world was not sustainable. It never has been. It never will be. And every once in a while, the illusion of our sustainability and our ability to live on this planet uh, is, is, you know, uh, shattered. And he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him in a whole life new way, direction-changing, heart-changing, everything-changing kind of way would not perish but have everlasting life. But I want you to listen to the two verses that come after this as we close. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. I believe this COVID-19 season is an incredible reminder for the world and especially for the church that, that God sent his son that the world might be saved through him. That this is an essential message. 
and that all of you who are followers of Christ are essential workers. You have a work to do that is the most important work in the world, to tell the world that Jesus Christ is its only Savior, that, that every illusion of security in this world is a lie, that the Titanic is going down, but that Christ the lifeboat is there to take us in. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And what is the name of God's one and only Son? It is Jesus. Jesus. And I want you to call on the name of Jesus. Some of you need to call on the name of Jesus today to be saved, to be born again, to have a new relationship with Jesus Christ. And you just need to, to call on the name Jesus. You don't have to understand everything. Just call on the name of Jesus with all of your heart because the scripture says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And for some of the rest of us, this time of anxiety, this time of scarcity, and not just this time, but, but really how we've been living our whole lives is, is the call of God to come more deeply and securely into the life of His Son, Jesus Christ. And to say, I want you to leave behind all your inadequacy, your insufficiency, your insecurity. I want you to leave behind all your old and your broken, and I want you to come into my overflowing grace, my love for you that is passionate and proven in the name of Jesus. For God demonstrated his own love for this in this, that while we were still indifferent, still living in the illusion that this world could satisfy and would be enough, Jesus died for us. I want you to call on the name of the Lord for life. And so, Father, this is our prayer, that in these moments we would turn, that our hearts would not be found in this world any longer, but that in Christ we would live an overflowing grace, an overflowing peace, and a generosity, God, that, that overflows in every arena of our living, including our finances in times of scarcity. Father, thank you for the name of Jesus. Return us to where we began. And for those of us who need to make a new beginning, help us today to choose this name for our security. In Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.